Hello, my name is Adrian, and my favorite dino is the T-Rex, and you're listening to the Blooming Dancers, oh, I forget, podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bloomingdale Church Podcast. My name is Max Terman, and I am joined this week by Young Family's pastor, Dan Marcello. Hey, everyone. Bye. You're, like, shaking your fists and, like, so excited, and then you're just, hey, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) By worship director, Scott Reed. As always. And it's going to be one of those. (laughs) And by associate pastor, Bill Calvin. I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe you're here. <laughs> I can't believe anyone's listening. I can't believe we're all alive. Um, just kidding. All right. all right, Scott. You got your editing work cut out for Scott, you, Scott, no, I'm leaving all that in. <laughs> Scott, uh, you said that the Lord is with us in this, uh, in this uh, would you rather question you got, but first, can you pray for us? Sure. Dear Lord, uh, thank you for this beautiful day, and what a reminder of your goodness to see um, nature just kind of coming back to life after the winter, to see sunshine and blue skies. Uh, Lord, we're just so grateful for all the ways that you provide for us, um, even the little ways that are easy to forget, like sunshine. Um, Lord, I pray for your uh, just your blessings upon this time now uh, as we talk about uh, the topic of this week. Lord, may we grow and gain from the conversation, mm-hmm. and uh, may those that listen uh, this week or next week or into the future also, uh, just be blessed by what we talk about today, and may your name be glorified. Lord, that's that's really our heart and our purpose, to glorify your name. Mm. Lord, be with us, be with our church, be with our world in this time. We pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 All right, do it. So this was the very first question I read. It usually takes me a while to find one that is either interesting enough or appropriate enough <laughs> for us to answer. But this one is very topical and, and, and an interesting uh, thing that we might have to deal with in you know the coming days after using the bathroom <laughs> would you rather have to use a roll of toilet paper that's soaking wet or have to use dry newspaper <laughs> i'll go dry newspaper i don't think wet toilet paper is going to achieve anything no i i'm with you on that is this an unlimited supply i sure. well yeah why not yeah i'm going with the wet toilet paper go on why i just don't think that dry newspaper would feel good after a while how long? <laughs> no, <laughs> never mind. That's not it. <laughs> Bill. I'm going with dry newspaper. Thank you. You can crinkle it all up and oh. soften it up. Okay. Yeah. yeah all right. I didn't think yeah, about that. Yeah, you just kind of sit there for half an hour. <laughs> just like folding <laughs> and unfolding it and until it's like nice and soft. It's got that yeah, all right. fabric. Two-ply. Nice. Yeah. I go dry newspaper. Fair enough. You guys are crazy. <laughs> I'm just joking. Last week, right. last week we were all in agreement, and, and then we're back happened, to that's because I criticized Scott's skill in choosing divisive uh, questions. Yes, and now he's back <laughs> on his game. Uh, it is April first. It's April Fool's Day. Uh, Dan, Dan, you love doing April Fool's Day. Jokes. I do. One time, I tricked my daughter twenty-five times in one day. <laughs> was that an April, was it. it an April Fool's Day? Yes, and she oh, fell okay. for it all twenty-five times, but not today. <laughs> was it the same How trick? Was she? No. <laughs> She was five. Was this in Mexico? Okay. Did yes. you feel like a sense of accomplishment and like triumph over your five-year-old daughter that you fooled her so many times yes. in one day? Yes. What did you do today? Uh, I told her there was a bear in the backyard. Did she fall and for that, it? Oh, she fell 
completely for it and went running to the back window to be like, what? I want to see the bear. Ten years from now, Dave when you're Ronata, wondering why she doesn't trust you, <laughs> I'm going to bring up this podcast. It's only one day a year. Did she hmm. know what April Fool's Day was when you did this to her I when she ex- was five? I explained. <laughs> at the beginning or at, at the, the beginning. You said, today I'm going to lie to you 25 times. I, I warned her ahead of time. <laughs> okay. I'm going to trick you 25 times today. Oh, you can't do it. Well, sure did. this Sunday is Palm Sunday. Dan, can you explain what Palm Sunday is? Yeah, so we're remembering Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, where he was greeted by adoring crowds, uh, welcoming him, laying their coats and palm fronds, leaves on the ground in front of him as he was welcomed into the city, uh, really as the Messiah, really as the promised king, only for you know one week later to hmm. have the crucifixion occur, people's opinions to drastically change. And that was a fulfillment of, of scripture, right? His arrival in yes, Jerusalem. riding in on a donkey. On a donkey. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe you can give the exact reference. I think it's Zechariah. It is Zechariah. Yeah. Zechariah. I think it's 9, chapter 9. Yeah. Huh. Have any of you noticed that Zechariah has come up twice since we used it as a, as a part of the Bible yeah, that, like, that doesn't, doesn't get, get brought up? <laughs> it's come up twice. Yeah. yeah. Fascinating. Um, why, do we, like, why do we celebrate Palm Sunday? Well... I appreciate the contrast between Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday. You know, you have Jesus entering into Jerusalem, like I said, as being celebrated as like this promised king, as the Messiah, as this prophet, people recognizing him for who he was. And it just as a reminder to me, and maybe this isn't answering your question of how fickle human beings can be that Hmm. in in a span of one week, just how much changed. And I, I like celebrating all these days Palm Sunday to celebrate Jesus as king, and then Good Friday to celebrate just him as king and also him giving his life as a king for us, um, and then Easter, his resurrection. I think the Easter season is so rich because we have different aspects of Jesus to celebrate on different days. Yeah. It's kind of cool. It kind of reminds me of, like, the second coming and, like, him, you know, in his majesty, like, coming mm-hmm. into the world, like, mm-hmm. going into Palm Sunday. Do they celebrate Palm Sunday in Mexico? Um... At least in the Protestant church, not so much. Huh. I don't think that I heard a sermon on Palm Sunday, which I am preaching this weekend, but it's not on Palm Sunday. Like, no. not the topic is Palm not Sunday. on Palm Sunday, like Jesus' triumphal entry. Well, thank you for that. Let's get into Topic of the Week. You're topic right. of the Week this week is brought to you by The Daily Meetup. A staff member will be hosting a Zoom meetup Monday through Saturday at noon to provide a space for prayer, caring, and support. And you are welcome to stop by to talk to talk with a pastor or with others. Visit bloomingdellechurch.org slash daily hyphen meetup for more information and for the link to join in on the Zoom calls. Daily meetups, Monday through Saturday at noon on Zoom. And they are a lot of fun. I would encourage you to do it. Yeah. Amber and I were on yesterday hosting. We had four or five people on. Got to talk, see kind of highlights in people's lives, things to pray for, prayed together, shared. It was nice. Uh, like I said, it's Wednesday, April 1st, which makes this the first episode of the month. And we want to start off April um, by sharing some stories, sharing some, some stories from our lives, from the lives of, of people who matter to us. 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 9 says, Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. Um, let's share some stories about God's 
you know, God working in weakness, God being strong in weakness, his power being perfect in weakness. I mean, I guess I was thinking, Amber and I, I was asking Amber about this, of like, okay, something in our life we were chatting about, and, you know, thinking about the word weakness, thinking maybe to another synonym or something that maybe helps our listeners kind of identify with this to us, like maybe a sense of inadequacy. Hmm. I think I go back to to our life, and, you know, as we were working here, and this was probably, what, like 2008, nine, and we were kind of in this process with the Christian Missionary Alliance to become international workers. And uh, when we started out the whole process, the expectation was you're going to go and like you're going to plant a church, like start a church um, somewhere. And then somewhere along the line there, the Alliance kind of changed their strategy when it came to international workers. And it was like they were looking more for people with like instead of ministry degrees and backgrounds of, you know, doctors, nurses, people with like teachers or like practical skills. Mm -hmm. That became to be like more what they were looking for. as people could do that as ways to share the gospel instead of just like the clergy track, like as it were, of like people who are like ordained ministers going and starting churches. So that like big change came when we were in the middle of the process. And I'm not faulting the Alliance for that. I mean, that's totally understandable. But it left Amber and I feeling like, man, just very inadequate toward the end as we were approaching like our interview. Mm-hmm. Like we just don't really feel like we add up. Like we don't have these like practical skills. Like yeah, I have like a teaching background, but like we're not like doctors, nurses. We don't have like this background, like this kind of typical all-star that they're maybe looking for. Like we just felt very like very inadequate and very like weak. Hmm. And so as we were going through the interview process, that was very much in the forefront of our mind and just really trying to pray through that, this feeling of like of just weakness and inadequacy of like we're just don't feel like we're good enough. Hmm. And like maybe they're just going to reject us because um, we're not good enough. I just remember... God really showing up in those moments when we really felt the weakest. And one of the, specifically in one of the interviews that we had with a person that would later become just a really dear friend and coworker, um, leader of our team. And she looked at us through Skype and said, you guys are just what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Like your personalities, your gifting, your skills, that just ministered like so much life mm-hmm. in a time where we just felt that sense of inadequacy and like, we're just not, maybe add, it doesn't really add up like what our skills versus like this column and this other column of what is actually being looked for or expected. But to hear those words was like, that was God just really big, like reaffirming of like, Hmm. yes, like you are weak, but in your weakness, like I can still use you. Hmm. And did that continue, you know, even after that interview, like going into Mexico, like, yeah, that really, that conversation and that comment just really, God used that to just, give us a lot of confidence, I think, especially like going into language school and the going, then finishing that year and then going to Mexico and just to have that assurance of like this person, not only this person, I mean, having like your, the people you're, who are your bosses, if they really believe in you is like a real big shot in the arm and something I definitely feel here at Bloomingdale Church too. Um, but that was something that we just carried with us and I just felt like God used it to not get rid of weakness because I mean, we're all weak in, mm-hmm. in many ways, uh, but just kind of like a shot in the arm, like that. That really made a lot of difference. When I, um, the story of how I got onto the staff at Bloomingdale um, is is a big story of God's uh, God's power and weakness. Um, in that I was asked to step in um, because two of our of our, our staff member and a staff couple was uh, was going international to be workers and. 
Um, somebody needed to step in to run the the young adults ministry, and and I was very afraid of doing that. I was very uh, anxious about doing that, um, and I really struggled for for weeks um, and for months with this feeling of 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 weight of responsibility of of saying, okay, like I've really loved this ministry, and now it's my job to make sure it doesn't fall apart. Um, and I would go through this cycle of really feeling like, you know, I am not the person for this. I don't have the training for this. I'm not a pastor. Um, I've I remember never, having some of those conversations with you. I've never <laughs> thought about anyone. Yeah. And you, uh, all three of you were really helpful in that. And, and the way that God showed up was every single week, every Thursday night, um, you know, I would spend all of Thursday just agonizing about, you know, what if no one comes tonight? What if people do come tonight? That's even worse because then I have to get them, convince them to come back. <laughs> I have to make it a good time. I have to, you know, try and send people away with some idea of who God is. And every single time, like right at the start, I would just get this feeling of like, hey, like you, uh, I put you here. And, and it was this feeling of like, maybe I'm right that I can't do it, but that's because he can. And it was just this constant weekly reminder of like, it doesn't matter if I am weak, because if God is using me, he's going to make me uh, what he needs in, in that circumstance. He's going to make um, me more than the sum of my parts. He's going to put words in my mouth and he's going to deliver his message. And the way I interpreted it was, you know, if, if in my heart I am just trying to be where God wants me to be, even if I'm afraid, or even if I say, you know, like you said, like, I am not qualified for this, like... Um, at the end of the day, like it's, it's God, um, who is in relationship with us, uh, as individuals and it's God who speaks through us and it's God who reveals himself to people. Um, and it was a, it was an amazing reminder. I would just go to bed on Thursday night every time just being like, I can't believe I ever doubted that God was going to you know, make good on, on that promise. Mm. And then every week I'd find myself again in this space of like, no, I'm too weak for this. I'm not the person for this. Um, and then again, he would show up and he would, uh, he would shut me up and give me a hug and, and, and let me know that, you know, he was, he was doing things that he wanted to do through me. And he's just so gracious, God, isn't he? Yeah. And faithful, Yeah, you know, no matter how many times it was, <laughs> there was never a moment that was like, all right, like I pulled you out of the fire uh, this week, um, if I have to do this two more times, I'm quitting. Like it was, you know, every single time I, I would stress and, 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 and be anxious and he mm -hmm. would show up and just say things through me, through other people. He would minister to me through the ministry I was leading. Um, yeah, it was, it was amazing. That's the most recent time I've really seen God step in and and use weakness, use the fact that I that I didn't feel that I was enough for that to mm -hmm. show me that his power is made perfect in weakness. And to I think the natural response, at least in me, was to be like, great, like I've got a lot of weakness. Like, you're gonna be really your power is gonna be made really perfect. Um and I think he does make good on that. Yeah. Uh, and he really did with me. This is something that keeps coming up in my heart in my life, I guess, ever since this whole coronavirus thing started, is just Remembering God's faithfulness in the past mm -hmm. and letting that inspire me to greater confidence and trust for me and him in the future. Like what I mean in the past and like in my life, like how has God worked? Has he ever proved himself to be faithless? No, never. Me, on the other hand, like so many times I, when I eat a lot, I'm always like, I'm, I'm never going to eat again. <laughs> and then God does something, I'm never going to forget. Like mm -hmm. you were saying, Max, mm -hmm. and then I find myself worrying and then it's like, no, bringing myself back to no. Mm -hmm. 
what how is God taking care of you? Okay, he he can do it again. Mm-hmm. He's still good. He's still faithful. I see it in the scriptures that this is a spiritual principle, hmm. and that comes out in Luke nine. Jesus is sending the twelve out two by two, and he says to them, "Take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread." No money, mm. no extra tunic. The only way they're going to sleep at night if a, is if somebody says, come to my house. Mm. I'll feed you. I'll give you a place to sleep. They have just nothing, and they go out that way. And that's the spiritual principle. Paul, you've, you've got this great education, but what I'm asking you to do, you've really got nothing. You can't heal the sick cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. Only I can do that. Mm-hmm. And the way it really hit me was not through the scriptures at first. I was a young pastor in Long Grove and just wondering, why isn't God doing more? Why doesn't he use me? He's using people who have sometimes very little going for them. And the person that really captured my imagination was D.L. Moody. Deal Moody only had, at best, two years of formal education. Wow. He could barely read. Spurgeon said of Moody, he's the only man on earth who can pronounce Mephibosheth as a one-syllable word. He, he really <laughs> he had nothing going for himself. And yet, when he got saved, <laughs> he got saved in a Presbyterian church, and, and they did not let him become a member because he didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. So the, he flunked membership at church. I mean, how bad is that? Wow. <clears throat> but to his credit, he went back and he studied and he learned enough to pass membership. And then he became an incredibly successful shoe salesman. And don't think in terms of he's at Payless Shoes kneeling down, putting shoes on your feet. He, he was essentially the regional manager and he's, he's making phenomenal money, what we would call a, at least a six figure income. Then he had this burden for poor children in Chicago, and he would go door to door and ask them to come to Sunday school. He built the largest Sunday school in America that way. And all these people were getting saved. And I looked at Moody, I think, he's doing more good by accident than I'm doing on purpose. He's, he's just helping so many poor people, putting coal in their furnaces, groceries on their table, winning their children to Christ and ultimately the whole family. So I, I really learned the principle by just reading about Moody's life and some others like him that God really glories in using people that are not qualified at all. And then when you get to an Apostle Paul who's just otherworldly qualified, it's still, you can't, you can't heal the sick. Only I can heal the sick. Hmm. You can't raise the dead. Only I can raise the dead. You can't win anybody to salvation. Only I can do that. So it helped me to learn to embrace that. Yeah. And what it's done for my life is it's given me confidence to wade into things where I say, I have no idea what to do here. This is a bigger, bigger problem than I could ever resolve. But I, I just wade into it thinking, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made uh, known through weakness, just go do it. I'll go with you and watch what happens. Hmm. So it's really helped my life. Yeah. 
Paul talks about you know boasting, and, he, and in like in that chapter, he says, "If anyone should be able to boast, it's me." Mm-hmm. Like I have done a lot of things, and even you know before I knew Jesus, like you know, he, yeah, he knew all the scriptures by heart, basically. And when God uses people in weakness, like there's no way they can claim like, "Oh yeah, that was me." Like it proves to yeah. the person being used as much to the people that are that are being served. Like, yeah, I know that that's not me. Whereas if I, if I was strong, if I was powerful, if I was brilliant, if I was uh, kind of like what you said, like doing things on purpose, right? Then it's easy to fall into that. Like, oh yeah, like I'm doing a really good thing, and I'm doing a great thing for God, and like it, it's coming from from my own sweat and blood, and yeah. I'm winning people to Christ, and yeah. and it's when you know that if God doesn't do this it will be a disaster <laughs> Yeah, um, that he can speak to you and say like, I'm here and you know that, that you didn't have a shot without me. And that's why I use you. It's because you know, my, my power is perfect in weakness. Um, this is so encouraging, especially when you feel weak. Yeah. And that's when the power comes is when you admit to your weakness, this is yeah. so different. This kingdom is so different than mm. what we see in the world that we live in, there, there's no baseball player that just says, my power is made perfect in weakness. <laughs> I only weigh 149 pounds. No wonder I can hit so many home runs. That, that, that's just, that makes no sense at all. I was just thinking in my head, too, about just how Jesus modeled this. I mean, I'm thinking back to this, his humility. You were talking about Palm Sunday, and I neglected to mention this before. I mean, what, what humility... That he had not only to lay down his life for it, but Palm Sunday itself. I mean, any kind of number of ways he could have entered Jerusalem as a king. Mm-hmm. I mean, like descending or doing some fireworks display, some display of power and awe and shock and awe, but came in humbly on a donkey. Hmm. Not even a miracle. No. Like he's done miracles. He's revealed mm-hmm. himself. But he just rides in like a person. With incredible humility. Yeah. Part of the miracle was that that crowd formed. Mm. It's not like they had a big media blitz saying, be there on mm. Sunday, 10 o'clock. It was nothing like that. <laughs> Get your that. robes off it was and just put them all on the All of a sudden, people just felt moved to, to run over to the road and be part of it. And, and this wasn't some crowd of like 1,000 or 10,000. This was probably 100, 200,000 people, just unbelievably large crowd. Mm-hmm. And it happened spontaneously because I believe it's the Holy Spirit just waking people up to just go do this. Um, yeah, this isn't an interesting topic because I love that verse. Um, and it has seen me through some difficult times. And so I've been mulling this over and just not even really sure where to begin or which parts to tell. And then there are other, other, another side of me that's like, well, the, the big stories I've already told to people. I don't think I've told them here, but I feel like I've told them a lot. And so it's like, oh, that's an old story, but you guys probably haven't heard it. So I guess I'll tell the story of how I met my wife. Um, and when I was in college... For I, I brought this up a couple weeks ago. Um, I just really have always 
longed to be married. Um, that's just a desire, I think, that God really put in my heart uh, for a long time. Um, and so when I was in college, I was in a relationship for about two and a half years. And I had an extra semester, kind of an extra year. I was there for an extra year. I was in classes for an extra semester. And in that extra semester, um, I just really kind of started to feel uh, disquieted in the relationship. And I sort of stuffed it down for months because I didn't know what to do with it. And she and I had been planning on getting married, basically. And so come January, uh, I think I just really realized or God showed me that I needed to end that relationship, which was one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do. And in that mess that there was afterwards, he he showed up. That was kind of like the rekindling of my faith. Not that I'd ever walked away from the faith, but from that point forward, it was a much more real part of my life um, to this day. And after that, I was really kind of confused and worried um, because I was about to leave Wheaton College and I'm from Boston, Massachusetts, and there's not a lot of Christians in that area. And there's not a lot of churches in that area. And there's not a lot of young people in the church that I grew up in. So I was like, if I can't find my wife at Wheaton, where will I ever find her? And I especially was worried about that because I don't have like a lot of social confidence. Um, so it's like, where will I ever find? How, how will I meet this person if I blew this chance not that that was the you know it was the right thing to do to end that relationship like what am I going to do here so then as time at Wheaton was wrapping up I did actually enter into another relationship which was short and it ended she ended things and I was just a mess Max was there Mm -hmm. thank god um and it was just a really really difficult that was like summer of 2017 and I remember just reading my bible every morning and just like so desperate for answers as to why this had all happened and and just really finding comfort in verses like this one that we're talking about today and in verses like what we talked about a couple of weeks ago in favorite passages of um you know we felt burdened to the point where we you know felt we had received the sentence of death um coming out the other side of that still eagerly anticipating finding my wife and not knowing where that would happen God put into my path um, my wife, Leah. Now, the thing about Leah is that her family and my family have known each other for generations. Our grandparents were, and her grandma's still alive. Her grandma and my grandma are like best friends. They've known each other for like 40 years or something like that. Our moms grew up together. And Leah, her, her maiden name was Shut. Leah Shut was this like distant memory from my childhood. And then something had happened and the shuts weren't really in our lives anymore. And through my aunt at Thanksgiving of 2017, God kind of put her back into my path. And even though I was living in Illinois and she was living in Massachusetts and we hadn't seen each other in like 18 years, uh, something about that just kind of stuck. And I started kind of mulling, mulling over what that might mean and how I could possibly re-meet her. Um, or functionally meet her. So in January of 2018, my family was going on vacation down to Florida to Disney World, and I found out the morning that I was leaving to meet them there that she was also going to be there. And uh, at that point, I'd kind of stopped thinking about 
her super actively. It had been like a month or something. And so I was like, well, we'll see what happens. So I went down to Disney World and I was like really thinking on my own ability to make this happen. It was mm-hmm. like, all right, how am I going to, you know, how are we going to meet up with them? And how am I going to capitalize on, this is exactly how I thought about this. How am I going to capitalize on that probably one interaction mm-hmm. to like get to know her and maybe see her again uh, at some point this week? Um, and I was like really stressed about it. And I had this, or preoccupied with it. And I had this moment where I was lying on my cot because as the one male child in a family of five, I always get the cot. Um, <laughs> my sister can relate. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was just lying on my cot and I just had this like moment of clarity where I felt like God just said to me, like, what are you so worried about? Like I brought her to Disney world. Like you're there at the same time. Like that's incredible. Why are you stressed out about this? I'm like, Oh God, you're right. I don't have anything to worry about. It's all going to work out fine. So we got together with them briefly we were we scheduled another time for the young people to get together and it didn't happen and we didn't see them again for the whole rest of the week nothing happened and i was so confused and discouraged and like upset with god um but the day after we were still in florida but the day after that had happened when we didn't get together i finished reading i think it was isaiah and i started reading i think first corinthians and the first chapter in first corinthians says you know the wisdom of god uh or the the my ways are not your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts or the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of men. One of those things. Uh, and I was sort of like, okay, God, like I get it. Like I don't, I don't get it, but that's fine, I guess. So I went back home and a couple weeks later was still kind of stewing on this and had finally decided that I was going to, if you don't know the story, this might sound like a crazy person decision, but it kind of was. <laughs> I decided I was going to fly home with the express purpose, yes, Max, you can attest to this. It's you were 100% there, true. With the express purpose of asking this person who I had never really met on a date. Mm-hmm. I was going to buy a plane ticket and fly back to Boston from Chicago f- to do that. Mm-hmm. And it felt crazy. And Max told me it was only, I was only crazy if I was too afraid to do it for the answer to be no. Mm. So I didn't, so I wouldn't do it at all. That would make me crazy. But if I took the chance, then I wasn't crazy. I was wiser then than I am now. That's true. (laughs) It's because you stopped living with me. You stopped having opportunities to say wise things. (laughs) Anyway, I know this story is going on forever. But the end of the story basically is that that same day when I was going to buy my ticket and I was going to reach out to Leah over Facebook and, and ask her out, which felt stupid and crazy and terrifying she actually reached out to me first mm-hmm. um two weeks two and a half weeks after we'd seen each other with no contact on that day she reached out to me and all of this this whole journey from college through and then to finally meeting leah it just that and and other big things in my life it just god has shown me like these things are gifts Um, to you like you did not earn this Mm. you did not work to make this happen because up until that point and i guess even still in some ways like i've done a lot by my own quote-unquote strength or skill or ability or Mm -hmm. intelligence or whatever and here god was saying like this huge thing that you want this is not your accomplishment i made this happen i brought you together it didn't even after i brought you together it still wasn't what you thought it was going to be it wasn't you you know leveraging this one chance no it's not that at all mm. like this is my gift to you it's nothing else um you didn't earn it mm. um yeah we so. spent all day procrastinating on and then crafting a Facebook message that you would send to her yeah and then right when we had like a final draft you like opened it up and you're like 
oh, she messaged me. <laughs> and that is when I knew that you were going to get married. Yeah. That's the moment. Mm. Does anybody else have any stories they want to mm. share? They don't have to be about how you met your wife. <laughs> Bill, how did you meet Nancy? <laughs> well, I met Nancy at Youth for Christ Campus Life in Akron. They took a big step of faith and bought a big, big six-story building in downtown Akron to take over the whole building, Youth for Christ did. And it was an old building. It was beaten up. So one thing they did to fix it up was to have different clubs come in. Ours was Akron Kenmore High School. So we came into this building, and they said, we want you to fix up this room. I'm going to turn it into a party room. All right. So probably 20 of us showed up, and we're painting and cleaning and scraping. And, and Nancy was one of those people. I'd never seen her before. And she really caught my eye. I don't even think I probably said more than hello to her if I even said that. But she just really caught my eye. And we worked together in this large group for that whole day. And then I think maybe we had a party there that night. And I remember... At the party, the speaker said, well, there's some things you just can't know. For instance, you don't know today who you're going to marry. And I thought to myself, I think I'd like to marry Nancy Channel. <laughs> <laughs> just based on her good looks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the fact that you know, she was really a sharp person. But ultimately, about a year or two later, I asked her out and we went to a football game and we went to see Fantasia, the movie, and fell in love and waited six and a half years to get married because we both <laughs> wanted to go through college, and in my case, through college and seminary. We went to but, see Fantasia, and then six and a half story. years later, you know? Yeah. One, One thing, thing leads to another. another. We, just, we just moved real fast. <laughs> <laughs> we really we didn't want to get off the rails because we'd seen other people at college They'd say long around their sophomore year, it seems to always be the sophomores. Yeah, let's get married. And they get married, and then they don't finish college. And mm. we both really wanted to finish mm. school. Wow. So that's our story. Wow. I I feel like I'd be like really mean to not ask you to. <laughs> <laughs> but we got to save it for another episode. Save it for another episode. That's save fine. It for, you and I will save our stories for another episode. You and your wife. Yes. Me and my wife. Uh, <laughs> listeners, if you'd like to be a part of the show, uh, you can send questions, would you rather, topic of the week suggestions, uh, the story of how you met your spouse, donations to the Jet Ski Fund. Very important. Uh, to podcast mm. at bloomingdalechurch.org. Um, let's do some some plugs. Uh we have a lot of communication going out as a church, and it's really cool. If you could give one thing that you want the people who listen to this show to know, what is it? Uh, for me, that would be Saturdays, the young families, we're meeting 11 to 11.45 on Zoom. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if you got kids at home, if you're able to give them something to do during that time, if they're, if they're old enough to be independent, come join us. We have a time of just kind of chatting, seeing how we are. For a few minutes, playing a short video. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about worry and fear. There's a two-minute video clip by Andy Stanley we have, and then time of discussion and praying for each other. Last week, it was super cool. Hmm. Um, I really walked away having learned a lot from the people I have my small group with. So I hope that if you're a young family, you'll join us too. Uh, I don't think I have anything new to plug yet. 
Um, but I will say something that I've started seeing, uh, I think largely because Leah has been sharing the live streams on her page, is that new people who do not go to our church and who we pretty much know, unless something crazy has happened in the last you know 10 years or whatever, but people from Leah's past who are not Christians are tuning into the live stream. Like last night, I think there was two brand new people that she knows from the past who aren't Christians who tuned in. And I also happened to like really go in depth on the lyrics of the Found. So that was a really cool kind of coincidence. But the reason I say that is with all of these things that we're doing, we hope that you are getting so, so much out of it. But also we hope that you are leveraging it to serve other people mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Uh, share these things on your Facebook. Uh, this isn't just self-promotion you know, on my part, I don't care if you share my thing, but share something, um, mm. you know, it's exposing these people to something that they may have been closed off to for a long, long time and something that they desperately and, need. And Dan has said this on a couple different episodes, but, you know, kids pay attention to how their parents react, how their faith reacts, how, mm. how the faith of the family is affected by these. Um, and, and people respond too, um, because everybody, um, especially people who don't know God, is scared um, and and wants hope and wants real hope that has practical applications, real hope that changes people and doesn't mm-hmm. just you know stick your head in the sand and say like everything's going to be fine and and the biggest practical application is just the way that God's people love each other and love people who don't know Him. So a hundred percent, I think I think to to steal that from Dan, like this is a time when we have um, a lot of weakness in our world and this is a time for God to act and mm-hmm. and please like you know yourself through your personal relationships show his light and and if any of the resources the church has are are helpful to you use those too Hmm. billy calvin all right i'm thinking about next friday is good friday Hmm. and we're working on having a service i hope we have a zoom directory so you know how to come in but for that service most likely you'll pick it up by way of our website so Please make make it a point to be part of the Good Friday service. Absolutely. It is that time again. It is time for our closing question. Again? Again. This is the first time. Once again, I realize <laughs> when I'm editing these, I realize I have an addiction to saying as always. Yes. So I've decided never to say it again. You can as say always. it, Scott. I don't care. But <clears throat> I will. Uh, it's time. <laughs> Just say as never. As never before. <laughs> it's time for closing That's questions. Closing questions. <laughs> Listeners, submit questions to ask at the end of the show. And this week's question comes from Dave W. I don't know if we're allowed to say people's last names. I don't really want to for the sake of privacy. Dave W., uh, if you want to hint us who he is, he plays the bass. Uh, <laughs> Dave W. writes in. He has a question for Scott. Scott, what is the worst worship song ever written? Oh, gosh. Um... <laughs> Thank you, I, Dave. <laughs> I don't know if I have a good answer to the worst worship song ever written. I might have an answer to the worst Christmas song ever written okay. by a Christian artist. Okay, that, it's called, um, what is it? Let me look it up real quick. I will say, any song you name will be someone's favorite song. If this of is course. your favorite song, I think we might have some issues <laughs> being friends. <laughs> Santa's coming, coming back around. <laughs> Santa's coming. I know that around. song. I played it for you. Oh, that's right. Yeah, with an exclamation <laughs> part. It's just so bad. It's so. Oh, Morgan's calling me. Sorry, Morgan. I'm on the air. Um, it's so horrible. I'll think about the best, or the sorry, the worst <laughs> worship song. Worst worship song, but 
Probably the worst worship song is one that's not actually about God. And there are a lot of those. And there are a lot of those. That's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other podcast. There whole but there's there's a horrible Christmas song. Perfect. Which is by a Christian artist, so you'd think it'd kind of be connected. It counts. And it, yeah. Thank you, Dave W., who plays the bass. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Max. Thank you, Max. Scott. Sorry, Morgan. Take us home. Um, this has been the And if you say the heart of the nation... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Bell's like, Bell raises up. Do yeah. it, Scott. Do it. Do I, it. Almost broke out out of I almost broke out into John Denver. Take me home country roads, man. I just, have to, I just start the music. I start the outro music earlier and earlier. The more we say, the harder. <laughs> yeah. This has been the Bloomingdale Church Podcast. And to quote Bill Calvin, why are you listening to this? <laughs> <laughs>